bless you, God bless you, God bless you. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for taking the time to be with me. My name is Stephen Mannering, and uh, I'm just so happy to be here with you today to share the Word of God, to share His blessings, to share His goodness, to share His love. And uh, I pray that by the Spirit of God that you would receive today everything that He has for you. You know, there's that old song that, uh, that starts out, The windows of heaven are open, the blessings are falling tonight, and there is joy 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 in my heart since jesus made everything right i gave him my old tattered garments he gave me a robe of pure white i'm feasting on manna from heaven and that's why i'm happy tonight you know what I love that old song, and there's lots of times that during the day I find myself even singing that song, just giving God praise, and just declaring that the, that the very heavens are opened up over my life. That as I begin to praise, as I begin to worship, as I begin to walk out my life in faith, in what God has for me, if I begin to seed into the ministry and seed into the kingdom, and and uh, you know what, just absolutely believe with all my heart that God is going to produce a harvest that is going to be mind blowing to me. You know what, I believe that I I will walk in joy, unspeakable, and full of glory. And I'll tell you. The more I continue to take those steps of faith, and the more I continue to declare what the good things of God are in my life, let me tell you something. The more good things happen to open up around me, the more good things I begin to experience. You know, it's kind of like that old saying that, um, uh, what is it now? Uh, those are the same feathers flock together. You know that old thing there, and and so I. I I know that that works the exact same way on the positive side as it does on the negative side, right? And so, you know, before we start, let me let me just pray, and then uh, we'll ask the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us uh, for our time together. Father, in the name of Jesus, everybody, everybody that's watching right now, bless them, oh God. Lord, even if they're not following you, even if they just randomly turned on the station, even if they're just flipping through, God, I pray that you would just absolutely pour out a blessing upon them so great that they can't help but laugh, they can't help but uh, just dance around, they can't help but just get excited about what is happening in their life. In the name of Jesus, I pray. And as we get into your word, Holy Ghost, lead me, let me... Let me just speak the words that you would have that would touch and impact somebody's life today in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Oh, hallelujah. You know what? As I was saying that that old song, there's just something about it. The windows of heaven are open. And you know what? Let, let's just talk just a second about those windows. You know, the word of God, we hear that scripture talks about giving and talks about finance. And Finance is an important part of the kingdom of God from your standpoint, not God's, not the church, not an organization, but from your standpoint. Now, why would you say that? Because the Word of God says that when you bring the tithes, 
when you bring the offerings to the storehouse, it says that he will open up the windows of heaven. So if you really think about the windows of heaven here for a second, what does that actually mean? Well, let's take a look at what a window is. A window basically gives you the viewing into another establishment. You know, right now in the place that I'm in, there are no windows in here because I'm in a studio and, and there are doors, but the doors are closed. And so when the doors are closed, I cannot have access into those other rooms. When the doors are closed, I cannot perceive what's going on outside of this studio. I can't, I can't see what's happening. In the same fashion, here's the beauty. When you begin to obey the word of God and he says, I will open up the windows of heaven that you might receive a blessing that you can't contain. Let me tell you something. The blessing that you can't contain is simply the, the sight, it's the experience, it's the access into the things in heaven. And so we have to recognize that the greater blessings that we have that we can experience in life are from heaven, not just what we have on earth. There's some great things on earth. God has established gorgeous scenery. He's, he's put out things within the, in the stars that absolutely are stunning to look at. He, he has placed things upon this land that we can taste, that we can eat of, that are absolutely delicious. And I'll tell you, I love good food. I love to sit down and enjoy good company with good food, especially, you know what, when it's, when it's cooked right, you know, and, and, and looking out, you know, over the waters, looking out over the mountains, looking out in the valleys, you know, there's just some gorgeous things upon this world that we can have view of. And, but guess what? Heaven is just that much greater. Heaven is, is, is so magnificent. And when we begin to get a perception and a view into the things of heaven, then all of a sudden the goodness that we can now have <laughs> is overwhelming. You see, what did Paul even say when he was taken up, when he says, whether I was in the body or not in the body, and he was taken up into the third heaven and seeing things that he says, I, I can't even tell you. They're, they're so great, they're so awesome, I, I can't even begin to explain. I can't even begin to release what I saw. And so Paul, when he was down here in this world, he, be, he endured so much for the kingdom of God. But that's because he had a view of what was coming. You see, he was, he was whipped, what, five times, 39 times each time? And the reason why it was only 39 is because they say if he got to 40, it's death. And so he was basically beaten almost to death five times, stoned, thrown in prison, but yet he still kept going for the gospel. He still kept going for the Lord Jesus Christ. He still kept going because he knew he had a vision, he had a, 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 a viewership of what heaven was going to be like. And so he experienced that blessing. And so you might say, well, was it really worth it? Well, you know what? If I think if we were to get just a small glimpse of how great heaven is, then 
I don't think that we want anything else in this world. I really don't. I think that we would be so gung-ho, so set on fire for God. And, and so as we begin to give, as we begin to uh, bring the tithes and the, and the offerings into the storehouse, that God would open up the windows of heaven. I believe that God is looking for hearts that are going to obey Him. God, God is looking for people that He can trust with His glory. There, you see... <sighs> Salvation is free for us because Jesus paid for it on the cross. But that doesn't mean that everything in heaven doesn't come without a cost. You see, there's an aspect of trust, there's an aspect of faith that we have to continue to walk out. Even Abraham, when he was told by God, you need to go sacrifice your son Isaac, his one and only son, the, the son that he had waited for for years and years and years, the promised one, and now God is saying, give him back to me. <laughs> you know what? But the word of God says that as he laid him out on that altar and he was getting ready to kill him, and he had the knife right up and he was ready to bring it down, an angel of the Lord said, Abraham, don't. Now I know that you love me. You see, there are things in the spirit realm that you don't have access to unless you begin to walk out steps of faith and obedience, okay? And so you might say, well, it's a real sacrifice for me to bring tithes and offerings because I don't have this, I don't have that. God's not asking you to break the bank. He's asking you to be obedient. He's asking you to... He's, it's just in that. He's asking you just to be obedient and trust Him and have faith in Him, right? And so what you have to understand is that when Abraham was getting ready to come down, it was an angel of the Lord. That's what the Word of God says that spoke. You see, there are guardian angels in the spirit realm that have things there for you, but yet they are... It gets a little bit dicey here with, with talking like some of this because then you're starting to get into the doctrine of angels. But yet, this is what it is. The, there are things in the spirit realm, there are blessings for you to have access to when you begin to walk out your life in obedience, when you begin to show that you're trustworthy, when you begin to have a heart and a desire for the things of God more than the things of this world. Then those guardian angels that are there, that are told by God to look after those precious treasures in the heavenly realms, when your trust, when your faith, when your obedience begins to show forth enough, then what they do is they're allowed to release those blessings to you. That's the long and short of it. it. God is up there and wants to bless you. God wants to pour out His mercy. God wants to pour out great things upon your life. But there is certainly a certain amount of ownership that we need to walk out in terms of faith. There are things that we want to continue on with God and say, Lord, we are here to serve you and to honor you and to bless you. You see, lots of times people give in order to get something in return. You know, that, that seems to be our, our way of thinking in, in most, most everyday life, you know. We, we say, okay, well, you know what, God, I, I'm going to bring these tithes and, and offerings into the storehouse, and then I am going to receive in a hundredfold. Well, I guess what you have to understand is that God is looking at your heart. See, God doesn't care about your money. You can give 10,000, 100,000, a million, you can give a billion dollars. It really doesn't mean anything to God. Because 
The currency in heaven is not based on fiat money. The currency in heaven is based on your faith. Faith causes currency in heaven to move forward. You see, when Jesus was looking at the widow, and Jesus was looking at all the other rich men that were giving in the temple, well, what had happened was when that widow came and she put in her three pennies or whatever it was there, she gave all that she had. And Jesus said, this woman has given more than all. And they said, the disciples said, well, wait a minute, no. She only gave this little bit. How can you say that? Because Jesus is not looking at the dollar amount. He doesn't care about the dollar amount. He cares what you have in your hand. And so when that woman came by, she gave everything that she had. And her heart's desire was, I'm giving everything that I have because I want to worship God. I want to worship my Lord. I want to worship the King. I want to worship the the God who created everything, the I am. That's what she was doing. And Jesus looked and says, she gave more than all of them. Because the currency in heaven is faith. It is not money. It's faith. So as you begin to move in faith and sacrifice in faith and be obedient to faith, God sees that currency. And there is value in what you're doing. There is value in how you do it. You see, it all comes down to the desire. It all comes down to the heart. You know, I, I wasn't really going to get too deep into the finances of things like that today. But I mean, when you're starting to talk about this, it's important to recognize that God wants to pour out wealth into your life. You see, the Word of God talks about in Joshua chapter 1, you see, Obey my and keep my commandments, for they will be prosperity to you. You see, lots of people, they get out there and they say, well, wait a minute, you know, I, I'm not really interested in the prosperity gospel, you know. Uh, and and you, then you get other preachers that are on TV and they're like, give me, give me, give me, you know, give it to me. You know, bring in that money and God will pour it a blessing. Bring it in. And listen. It's not a matter of giving to a preacher. It's not a matter of giving to an organization. It's not a matter of, of uh, how shall I say this? It's not a matter of trying to make yourself feel good. All right? When you give, God wants to, he wants to see a cheerful giver. He wants to see somebody that's happy to give back to him. Because you can't outgive God. That, that's the cold hard facts about this. You can't outgive God. And, and all I can tell you is that I've personally gone through this in my own life. And so let me give you a little testimony here on, on finance. So God, God has obviously shown what giving is in the Word. And I've heard it for years growing up in the church. And deep in my heart, I always used to say, well, I want to. I want to. I want to do this. I want to do that. But I never really had the finances to do that. It always seems like something else came up. Um, there was another bill. There was another mouth to feed. There was another um, car to fix. Whatever it was, right? Something always came up and it was like, no, that, those, those finances kept getting sucked away, drawn out, stolen away. Well, I always thought, well, I just need to work harder. Well, I just need to work more hours. Well, I just need a greater salary. Oh, well, guess what? I started doing all of those things. And what I found out is that you can increase that to a certain degree. All right? 
but it's not going to bring you the wealth that you're looking for. You see, prosperity is more than finance. Prosperity is your health. Prosperity is um, your relationships with your, your spouse, with your kids, with your mom and your dad. It, it's the relationships with your workmates. It's, it's, it's all the things in life, the people that you're meeting. You see, prosperity is basically increase in all areas. That's what prosperity is. So it's not a matter of having millions in the bank account, although that's great. But yet, some people get up there and they say, well, you know what, that's, that's not right. That's not the gospel. Well, somebody better tell God that he overblessed Solomon, that he overblessed King David, that he overblessed Isaac, that he overblessed Abraham. You know, it's all through the scripture. In fact, Matter of fact, he overblessed Jesus. Well, how can you say that? Because when Jesus was dying on the cross, they were casting lots for his garments. Why? Because his garments were expensive. His garment was like a Gucci, Louis Vuitton, Versace type of thing. You know, it was expensive. That's why they were casting lots for that, because they wanted it. You see, and, and it wasn't just your average everyday garment. It was something that was when you get into the depth and, and the study on what Jesus wore, it was good. That's why I always like to dress well. You know, I, I want to try and exemplify the Lord, obviously, and I, I always feel good in when I'm wearing suits and ties, and I, I like to do that even on the weekend, you know. That's, that's just who I am. And, and so God has blessed me with the deals over my life to be able to do that. But let me get back to where I was in my own personal story here. I always used to say that there are, seasons where I, I didn't have the finance to do it. I couldn't do it, you know, something else came up and, and then I would reluctantly give because the Bible says that, well, you're supposed to give. Well, I would reluctantly give. And then inevitably what would happen? Another bill came up, something else where I needed that finance and then I'd be disgruntled with God. You see, that's not what scripture's talking about with finance. He wants you to be a cheerful giver. He wants you to rest assured that your finances are going to be covered. He wants you to cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. You see, and sometimes when we get in the mix of all the things that are going on in this world, we begin to hear all the negative reports. Well, let me just go to a scripture verse here real quick. And it says this in Mark 4 and in chapter number or sorry, chapter 4, verse 19. Now, this is the Passion Translation that I'm reading out of here, just uh, for your personal knowledge. And it says this, in verse number 19, it says, But they allow the cares of this life and the seduction of wealth and the desire for other things to crowd out and choke the message so that it produces nothing. Now, Lots of people take, this is the parable of the sower. And so lots of people take that as well. That is the, um, you know, that, that, that's the story of salvation. Well, it is to a degree. But there's some real truth also in this scripture verse when you begin to look at it. It says, when they began to allow the cares of this life. You see, a seed is something that you plant into the ground. A seed in and of itself can't do anything. Nothing happens until faith is activated into a seed, or when uh, talking spiritually, and faith activated into the seed that causes something to happen, okay? When you take a seed in real life, if you hold it out, nothing ever happens to it. But when you put it into the ground, 
Now something begins to happen. Germination begins to happen. Something is activated around that and it begins to grow. Guess what? When you seed into the kingdom of God, when you begin to bring your tithes and offerings to the Lord God, all of a sudden, when you do it in faith, you are acting out and saying, God, you are the source of my finance. You are the one that owns a cattle on a thousand hills. You're the one that says that you're going to open up the windows of heaven for me. So if I believe that, I'm going to seed into the kingdom. It's not going to be based on an organization, a man, a tax receipt, okay? It's not going to be based on that. It's going to be based on the fact that I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to do, I'm going to sacrifice this. I'm going to put this into the very grounds that is, uh, that is God's kingdom, all right? So you put it into there. All of a sudden, if you allow the cares of life to overwhelm you, just like they did me, then you take that seed and you begin to basically curse that seed that you put into the ground. Say, oh, I wish I could have had that money back. I could have paid for this. Oh, I, I, I needed that money here. I, I need No, you see, I've already begun to choke out the life and the harvest that was in that seed. So when you give, and you give with a cheerful heart, now you're taking it to another level. Now you're acting out in faith, and you're basically saying, no, God, you are, you are God of my finances, and I do this with joy because you are going to look after my future. You know what? The Bible has shown all sorts of uh, areas where finance was incorporated and where miracles begin to happen for provision. You know, look at Elijah. He went down, he didn't have anything, but the ravens were bringing him food. You know, lots of people think that a raven is, is uh, an evil bird. You know, you see that a lot in some of the witchcraft type of things. But guess what? A raven is actually one that brings provision. All right? <clears throat> that's, that's what God has, has ordained that bird to mean. Now, they are a stingy bird. There's no doubt about it. Most birds are. Last time I checked, when you take a French fry down to uh, down to the to to seagulls, and they're all around there, they're not sharing with other seagulls. They want that, you know. And they're right around you. They're gonna try and grab as many French fries as they can, you know. But God uses creation to bring provision for you. God will allow provision to be made in miracle ways for you. You know, matter of fact, it was even said that they were going around and they were trying to accuse Jesus of not paying taxes. And the disciples went to him and says, Jesus, what do we do? So Jesus says, go down, pull out the fish and look in the fish's mouth and it'll have gold coins. Use that, pay the taxes. So what do the disciples do? They go down, they catch a fish, they open up its mouth. There's the gold coins in it. They go and they pay the taxes, even though Jesus didn't have to. But he did because he didn't want to cause a disruption. You see, God is in miracle working power displaying in your life and in my life if we will just let him. He did it back then. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if he did it back then, he can do it today. Some of us need to hear that. Some of us need to say, you know what? The cares of this world, I'm not going to let burden me down. I'm not going to let the thorns get into my life. I'm not going to let that get choked out. I am going to pray that God is going to take my seed and he's going to use it to open up the very windows of heaven that I might see his glory, that I might see his goodness even that much more. I'm going to be such a cheerful giver that God is going to pour into my life in greater measure than I could ever 
imagine. He, he, I'm going to give so much that God is going to have to be my provider to give out because I'm just keep giving more and more and more and more and more. And so in the same fashion, when I began to change my mindset and I began to say, you know what, God? I am going to do things according to your word. I'm just going to start. I can only start out small because my faith is small. And so I began to do this on a consistent basis. Consistent, 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 consistent. And I didn't work anymore. I didn't get higher salary. And all of a sudden, what started to happen was everything began to start to increase. My mind, my thoughts began to get bigger. I began to see things differently. And all of a sudden, the income started to continue to increase. My giving started to increase because I was working in accordance to my faith. You see, when I had, when I had little, it, it looked like I gave a little. But it was a lot for me at that time. And so as my income began to increase, those thoughts began to come back in my mind. Well, you know what? You could use this elsewhere. No. I began to keep the same mentality. I'm going to continue to increase. I'm going to continue to increase. I'm going to continue to increase. To the fact and to the point where my giving, even of last year, and I don't say this to, to brag, but is probably more than some people's salaries in a year. And I say that because God has allowed me to be able to do that, but it's been according to my level of faith. And so that's what I'm trying to share with you today, that if you'll continue to grow in your faith, if you'll continue to ask the Holy Ghost to reveal the truths of the Word, if you continue to ask God to open up those doors, then more will come in if you just take those steps of faith. And you can say, well, you know what, I'm not believing that. I've seen lots of people, that's, that's the prosperity gospel, I'm not listening to that. Well, you know what, that's okay. You don't have to. But I just want to point out, look at those guys that are talking about it, and then maybe look where you are. All I'm saying, I would rather be one that's promoting the gospel, that is promoting the goodness of God, that is promoting the health and wealth that God wants to release into your life and into my life. You know, the word God says that money answereth all things. That's what the word of God says. And it's according to his will and to his purposes. You see, when you, when you have the mentality that things mean nothing, then God gives them to you. But if your mindset is on the things and not on God, then it's, it's tough to get those. If God takes the things that you have and says, I want you to give them away, and you do it in faith, according to what he's provided for you, then God will bring in more. You see, that's not an easy thing to do. And each person is at a different level of faith in their own life. And so that's what I'm trying to tell you. Don't be so critical upon yourself. Don't think that this is brow bashing. Because this is a journey that God wants to walk with you. And so everybody is going to be at a different level. Some people might say, well, you've got a lot to give, so, you know, it's easy for you. No, that's not true. Everybody has a different level, and God sees the desires of your heart, and he sees the desires of my heart. And so as you begin to look at yourself, look at where you're at, and walk with the Lord and begin to ask him, what is it that I need to give? What is it that you want me to do? Where is it that you want me to sow my seed? The ground in which you sow is really important. You want to sow in good ground. So if you're sowing into a particular organization that, for example, is promoting abortion, I'm sorry, that's not good ground. 
I'm just flat out telling you, it's not good ground. You're not going to reap a harvest from that. I'm just saying it. You can get mad at me. That's okay. I'm just telling you, that's not good ground. I'm trying to help you. If you will seed into good ground where souls are getting saved, where people are getting healed and delivered and set free, where the fire of God is being poured out, where, where God Almighty is being praised and glorified above everything else, above a man, above an organization, above a religion, then I'm telling you, I'm telling you, that's where you want to put your finances, where Jesus Christ is glorified. That's where you want to seed. And when you seed, let me tell you something. The Bible says that it will produce a harvest. You know, it says in verse number 20 here, but what is sown on good soil represents those whose open hearts to receive the message in their lives to bear good fruit. Some yield a harvest of 30, 60, even a hundredfold. If you want a harvest in your life, I want you to sow into good ground. Leave it to the Lord to guide you and direct you on what good ground is. I'm telling you right now, though, if you're given to places where you're not seeing souls saved, people get healed and delivered and set free, where Jesus is not being glorified, and it's just going through a regular service, don't give your finances there. That's not where it needs to go. Give it where the Holy Ghost is moving. Give it where God is moving. Give it where, where souls are being saved for His honor and His glory. And there is where you will find good ground. Give it with a cheerful heart. Give it with a heart knowing that you are serving the Master, that you're giving your all. I pray that this has blessed you today. I pray that you would just take the revelation of what God has for you today. Seed it into your life and let good fruit grow. Praise His holy name forever and forever. Let me just bless you now. Father, in Jesus' name, I ask for everybody that's listened. I know that some of these things are difficult, but God, I pray in Your precious and holy name that You would allow faith to arise up, that You would allow people to give with joyful hearts, that You would show them how awesome and how great and how mighty You are, that there is nothing that's impossible for You, and that You would bless them and move upon them, and indeed, as Your Word says, to give them 30, 60, and even a hundredfold in their harvest. Father, bless them. Let the very windows of heaven be opened up. In the mighty name of Jesus, I ask. Amen and amen. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to be with me today. Again, my name is Stephen Mannering. God bless you. I love you. Jesus loves you more. Shalom.